This is Feather Forum, the podcast by Canadian Poultry Magazine, Canada's leading source for poultry news, research, and trends for more than 100 years. You've tuned in to hear important conversations with industry leaders, producers, researchers, and other experts. Hi, and welcome to the second Top 4 Under 40 podcast, our program for recognizing young poultry leaders. I'm Brett Ruffle, editor of Canadian Poultry Magazine. In this episode, we talk to broiler producer Tiffany Martinka of Martinka Chicks. Based in St. Benedict, Saskatchewan, she's a strong advocate for chicken farming, both provincially and nationally. She's also an educator, using social media to give non-farmers an up-close and personal look at broiler production. Before we get started, I'd like to thank our program sponsors for their support including our gold sponsors, Gin and Egg Farmers of Canada, and our silver sponsor, Canadian Hatching Egg Producers. Now, let's talk to Tiffany. So can you start by telling us a little bit about your background in poultry production? Yeah, so my background um, basically is hands-on, um, living it, experiencing it. That That is kind of my background and how I got to know about poultry production. I I grew up on a grain and cattle farm. I've been in 4-H all growing up, so I've always been around agriculture. Um, I went to university for an ag business degree, and that is where I met my husband. And after university, we got married. He knew he wanted to farm. I was working in the, in the agriculture industry uh, on the crop side of things. So we moved back to his family farm and we started the succession plan. So that is where I really started to get to know about poultry production was um, just being in, in this family. Um, the, the history of our family farm where we live now, um, it was once a dairy farm. Um, the dairy farm either had to be upgraded or they had to look at getting out. So they opted for getting out and there happened to be a broiler quota available. So they purchased the broiler quota, built the barns. And that was about 15 years ago. Now they built the barns. And so when my husband and I got uh, married, we did succession planning with my father-in-law and the plan was to roll into his um, third of the farm. So it was three brothers that farmed together, my father-in-law and his two brothers. Um, so when we rolled into my father-in-law's third, we were farming with two uncles. Uh, one uncle has retired recently a couple of years ago. So that leaves uh, my husband and I were farming with an aunt and uncle now. So that is the current um, situation on our farm. Um, my husband and I have been living on the farm now for eight years so I really started to get a feel for the chicken industry um, when we moved to the farm and that and I was here uh, living on the farm with the barns on our farmyards 24-7. Um, so um, I was still working in the crop industry when we moved here. And then when our third child was born, um, she is four and a half. So four and a half years ago when she was born, um, I made the decision to quit my job and stay home and care for my family and just be a little more involved with the farm. Um, my daughter was also born with special needs. So that kind of 
um, gave me that little extra push to, to quit my job to, so that I was able to care for her and being home full time, um, really, really helped me to, um, get a better feel for the poultry industry, what we do as broiler producers, um, and the day-to-day operations. So that's where a lot of my poultry production, um, experience comes from is just like hands-on being on the farm whenever industry professionals come to our farm I I really enjoy hearing and listening to them and um seeing what they have to say from their perspectives um and I just I really enjoy talking to a lot of different farmers a lot of different chicken farmers to hear um what what their experiences are and what their challenges are and and their thoughts on our industry as well as talking with sas chicken so um i really enjoy building those relationships within our industry and i think that's where a lot of my experience comes from i've heard a lot about the initiatives you've been involved with in terms of advocating for the industry um but could you also tell me a little bit more about the leadership roles you take on the farm and some of the projects you've undertaken on the farm yeah, for sure. So my primary role is caregiver of our family, being that we have a special needs daughter. Um, but I really missed having um, my my job. I missed working. And I looked at it as an opportunity that, okay, I'm here on the farm. What can I do right here from home as I care for my daughter? What can I do um, from here? There's got to be a silver lining to this situation. And I have always had a passion for um, advocacy. I've always enjoyed advocating for agriculture, whether it was um, the crop side of things, the cattle. Um, and I, I just love our poultry industry. I think the supply managed um, industry is so special and not a lot of people know a lot about it. So I took the initiative to just start sharing more um, from our farm and what we do day to day right here where we are. Um, so I took the initiative to just start sharing bits and pieces of our farm on social media. Um, I worked with Farm and Food Care last summer to do a series of presentations on our broiler production cycle. So every week we did a um, Facebook Live with farm and food care. And every week we'd show the growth of the chickens and their cycle. And we'd, we'd talk um, about a different topic each week, kind of what corresponded to where the, where the chickens were at in their growth cycle. So that went over really well. Um, yeah, so th- I mean, those are some of the leadership roles I guess I've taken on my, my farm is just to really um, share the good news story of, of um, agriculture and of uh, poultry production, uh, the chicken industry, um, you know, being that it is a supply managed industry, there's only 68 chicken farms in all of Saskatchewan. And I think it's something like 2,800 in all of Canada, Canada. So like the, the farming population in general and agriculture in general, there's very few of us. When you narrow it down to a supply managed industry, like the chicken industry, there's even fewer. So there's not many of us to, um, 
I guess, stand up and share what we do. And I, I want to do that. And that's, I guess, where I've taken some initiative and, and, um, in order to share, I also have to learn myself. So it's just kind of given me that chance to really dive deeper in what do we do, um, our, what our challenges are as an industry, what are our, um, strengths. And, um, I like, I like to share both of those things. Yeah. So why is it so important to you to educate the people about what you do and what, what happens in the poultry industry? I think the number is um, only something like two or 3% of all of Canadians are involved in primary agriculture production. So the vast majority of our population has no link to the family farm. Um, you know, in past generations, people m- might have grown up on the family farm. Maybe they had grandma and grandpa to go visit on the farm. You know, they'd go spend summers on the farm. Um, but as generations go by, people are becoming more and more removed from the family farm. And social media gives us this opportunity um, to give people that connection to a family farm. Um, I think a common misconception also with uh, supply management is that we're factory farms and that's not the case at all. 98% of farms are family farms and I want to share uh, with people that we are a family. Um, we farm just because our farm might be a little bit bigger than the average farm um, with our poultry production. Um, it doesn't mean that we aren't following animal care standards and on-farm food safety and sustainability practices. I want to share that we can still do all those things um, despite our farm size. We're a, fam- we're a family farm. Um, so I, I think people, I hate that people fear where their food comes from. That should not happen. We have one of the best food systems in the world. And there should be no reason why people are fearful of their food and they deserve to know where their food comes from. And that, um, I guess that is one of the reasons why I'm passionate about uh, sharing with people. So you were one of the first selected for uh, Chicken Farmers of Canada's Young Farmers Programs. Can you tell us a little bit about what that was like? Yeah, for sure. So um, as I mentioned earlier, I had quit my job to stay at home and care for my daughter and my family. And I was really missing that work interaction. And I, I saw this opportunity come up for a uh, young farmer, chicken, the um, chicken farmers of Canada, young farmer program. And it was the first year for the program. And I was intrigued. I thought it would be a really good chance to really get to know our industry a lot better. I, I was interested in what we do, but I just needed um, something to give me that little bit more in-depth knowledge uh, of the industry. And I, I, um, I really enjoy learning about the business aspects um, and, and kind of the, I guess, political side of what we do. And so I applied to the Chicken Farmers of Canada Young Farmer Program, and I was selected as one of five from across Canada. So I was really excited about that. I had the chance to go to Ottawa, and I sat in the Chicken Farmers of Canada office, and we heard from 
every department in our organization and we got to really understand what they do, what they are doing for work behind the scenes on behalf of our industry. And I just, I, I give the Chicken Farmers of Canada so much credit because they're really working hard for our industry um, to make it, to make it um, um, the best, like the best that we can be really. Um, they're working on sustainability and, and um, um, ensuring that consumers trust Canadian farmers to produce their chicken and, and um, ensuring that we have a sustainable industry. So they're just, they're doing such great work there in that office. And a lot of the training that we got to take there is the exact training that new directors take from the provincial level. So, so the provincial board of directors, if they're a new, um, newly elected, they'll often go to Ottawa to take this training too, I believe. So we, it kind of gave us a leg up. We got also got to take that training and, and better understand the allocation system, how, how um, everything is allocated out to, um, to the different provinces and, and just gain that uh, deeper understanding. And then we did a lot of like um, media training um, to be able to share what we do. And we also had the chance to go to Ottawa again to attend Lobby Day. So with Lobby Day, we, we went and we teamed up with some of the provincial board of directors and we had a chance to go meet with our, our MPs and and share with them the strengths and the challenges our industry is facing and um, gain their support um, for what we do as chicken farmers so that was a really neat experience um, the chicken farmers of canada young farmer program was intended to be a two-year program so that we were able to go back a second year and do that experience again um, but COVID hit, <laughs> so I didn't get back to Ottawa the second for the second go around. Um, so the next uh, generation of the young farmers uh, participants, hopefully they get that second year chance to go back again. But um, it was such a good experience. I loved meeting all the board of directors. Um, it was good to hear from them and listen to their perspectives and um, get to know our our industry organization as well um, so just all around a great experience if if somebody ever has intentions of um, sitting on the provincial board one day down the road it's it's a great starting point if you ever want to just have a better understanding for our industry i highly recommend it to other young farmers um, yeah i i Really enjoyed it. Okay, can we go over a bit more about some of the uh, ways you use social media for advocacy? Like I heard a few interesting projects like you educated even some dietitians about, about chicken farming. Yeah, so because um, I've been doing a lot on social media, so I have an Instagram account called Prairie Pretty and I share a lot on there. Um, Right now, I just focus on Instagram. That seems to be the platform that works best for me. And I can't do them all. It takes way too much time to do the Twitter, the Facebook, the TikTok. Um, so I just focus on Instagram. And I, I really like Instagram because I feel like pictures can be really powerful. And then 
just having the chance to write up that caption, I think really um, is best suited for what I'm trying to do. Um, so when, when, with my Instagram, I really try connect to urban, an urban population, um, other, other moms, um, but hopefully they're, they're maybe living, living in the city. Maybe they don't have that connection. Um, I try kind of put a spin on my Instagram, what I share, I try to share maybe about clothes, home decor, um, so that I can connect to, to an urban population, I guess. And then I like to share about our farm in bits and pieces. Um, you know, in past years, as farmers were encouraged to speak up about our industry and share our story, um, I think what happened was, okay, farmers started doing that, but I think farmers were just following farmers on the social media platform. And I think what we maybe need to take a closer look at is how can we expand past our little bubble, past our little circle and reach that urban population and share our story with them. And I think one of the ways we can do that is by sharing with our passions first. So some people might be, um, you know, into, into working out and nutrition. Some people might be into their home decor. Some, maybe some people are into old cars. Maybe there's groups that we can connect with, with our passions and then, and then ultimately share what we do. And that is agriculture. And um, I think if people can see us as, or if the population can see us as, or maybe I should say if consumers can see us as people, if they can see farmers as people, they're not gonna, they're gonna be more trusting of what we, what we do in agriculture um, because there's just so much uh, misinformation and fear that is spread. So anyways, um, <laughs> being that I'm trying to tar target more of an urban um, population with my Instagram, I do share, again, I like to share my clothes, my outfit, my home, um, all that kind of thing. And it does help me expo expose me to a more urban population. Um, and just sharing in general has given me the opportunity to speak to dietitians of Canada, um, as well as I've also recently did a virtual field trip for Saskatchewan classrooms and teachers. So I opened it up on my um, Instagram account. I said, any teachers who would like a virtual field trip, I am offering one this June. We just had a new flock of um, chicks come into our barns. And I said, I'm offering a virtual field trip uh, June 17th, I think it was. Please send me your email and I will send you the Zoom link so that I can present to you. You can, it's interactive, come prepared to ask questions as I'm presenting. And um, I would love to offer that to you. Um, I ended up sending out over 100 emails to 100 different teachers. And I was blown away by the support. Um, I think it was great timing, great time of the year. The te teachers were messaging me saying, thank you so much for offering this. Um, so it came time to the presentation day. And I thought maybe you know, half the teachers might actually log on. And we ended up with 120 classrooms logged on to watch the, watch the virtual field trip. And 
um, it was so it went over so well because it was interactive. Like we can, we can record all the canned presentations we want. We can have uh, videos to show people, but they need that interaction. So we would start off the presentation. I, I like to ask the kids, um, what's your favorite KFC? What's your favorite thing to order at KFC? Is it drumsticks? Is it popcorn chicken? And they, they all share with me what their favorite product is. I asked them what's their favorite fla flavor of chicken wings that they eat, barbecue or, or Greek or whatever it might be. And I really try to make that connection with them that this is where their food's coming from. We, our, our barn is one of the barns that provides places like KFC um, their, their chicken. So it really gives them that connection. And then as we go through the presentation, I can see their questions pop up and I can answer as we go. And it just really shows that it's interactive, that I'm here to answer questions for them. Um, and I had a lot of teachers messaging me to thank me for offering that this year. I would be more than happy to offer a virtual field trip again. Um, I think this pandemic has kind of opened up doors to be able to share what we do on our farm. Never would I have been able to present or do a field trip in person to 120 classrooms. So it's a way to um, share our farm, share our farm with people doing these Zoom, Zoom lives. Um, and I would say the pandemic is kind of what open those doors for this type of uh, virtual barn tours. Yeah, I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of teachers are just hungry for something new to show, do with the kids, right? Absolutely, yes. They couldn't do their normal field trips this year. Um, they said at the end of the year is really hard to keep in, their kids engaged. Um, so this was so perfect for them. They were, they were pretty happy about it. So, uh, yeah, I would, I would totally do it again. Um, I've also had the chance to present virtually to, um, to some interns, um, members of uh, parliament interns uh, in Ottawa. I did that earlier as well. So um, I really like um, having, and my, my presentations, I tailor them differently who my audience is. So how I present to classrooms is very different to how I present to the, the dietitians or very different how I present to the um, parliamentary interns. So um, it's just knowing who your audience is as well and tailoring your message to them. You know, dietitians are gonna be really interested in what is exactly in our feed? What is the daily rate of gain? Um, how much water do they drink? They're gonna wanna know those details versus the classrooms, they're, they're gonna wanna know something very different. They're just gonna wanna see the chicks and, and, and they wanna know if they have names and they wanna know, you know, that kind of thing, so. Yeah, that sort of leads into my next question is, how can other farmers, do you have any tips for other farmers for how they can use social media to help their industry and, and help educate the public? Yeah, I, you know, I think the first, um, advice or tip I would give is, is um, know, know your industry's strengths and, and weaknesses. 
<clears throat> or strengths and challenges, I should say. Um, that's probably the good starting point is just to have a really broad understanding of your industry and just keep, keep talking with, the more you talk to people, the more you get an understanding of um, what people want to know. So the more I just talk in person to people about our barns, the more they ask me questions, the more I can better understand what people are interested in learning about. And then I can take that um, as an opportunity to then share that on social media. Because on social media, people aren't often like um, forward about coming to you to ask the questions. You kind of have to get a sense of what people want to know. And I find I do that by just having conversations in person with, with other people first. And also just, um, yeah, talking with other farmers too and getting their perspectives. So because when you become an industry, um, I guess, leader in that role, or you almost become a spokesperson in that role, you also have to have a general idea of um, practices that farmers in your entire industry um, take on, or you kind of want to know that you're, how do I say this? When I'm, when I'm speaking on social media, I kind of look at it like I'm essentially speaking on behalf of our whole industry. Yes, I'm talking about our farm, but I want to make sure that I'm representative of our industry because people might only connect with just me as a chicken farmer. They might not have a chance to connect with any other chicken farmers. So um, I think if, if people want to go to social media and, and start sharing what we do, just having that broad understanding of both what consumers kind of want to know and also what our perspective of farmers in general is as well, I think is important. And just um, keeping in contact with our provincial groups, um, understanding the key messaging that we want to share as farmers is really important to have a uniform front. We're stronger together as an industry. Um, so that's something to keep in mind too. And just be open and honest on social media. Um, I don't feel like I have anything to hide. I think there are certain ways though that we can share. Um, there might be some uh, touchy areas, I guess, of production to, to consumers. Um, but as farmers, it's, it's, um, it's essential to our business. So for example, um, you know, when you, when you talk about mortality rate, um, it's just, it's, it's a fact of business. Um, but there, I think there are ways that a person can talk about it. I don't think we should hide about it, hide it at all. But I think there's certain ways to go about sharing that information. There are parts of business like mortality rate that are a fact of business, but there are certain ways we can share it so that we can be sensitive to some, some consumers, some of the population. Um, people start to see their pets and any animals as um, they almost like to relate them to um, their children, their, their um, part of the family. And we sometimes have to be sensitive how we talk to consumers in the population. 
by no means hide anything, but I think it's okay to be sensitive to some topics. I know activists are very active on social media. Do you, do they ever interact with you or do you have any situations that you had to deal with with them? So far, so far, not really. Um, I have had one or two comments um, saying we shouldn't eat chicken or whatever. Like it was a, um, a vegan commenting. Um, I responded by saying, you know, I, I respect your right to choose. I hope you respect my right as well. Um, I think there's sometimes you don't engage because there's some people who are just so far committed to their beliefs that you'll never sway them, but there's always the fence sitters that are watching. So those are the ones that could be swayed more. So I think it's okay to answer politely and just state, state your belief or your opinion, but I would never get in an argument with the activists or if there was anything really serious by an activist, I would probably report it to, um, to my provincial organization. But so far I've been pretty lucky. I haven't had any, um, any real negative experiences yet. What are some of the most common misconceptions you find people have about poultry when you're reaching out to them? Um, I would say one of the most common misconceptions is that, and it's something really simple, it's that people don't really see chicken farms as separate, like um, broiler chickens for meat and laying hens for laying eggs. They'll always like, make a joke to me about like laying it or about eggs or eating eggs or laying like laying hands or whatever and I'm always like well no our our chickens are for meat we don't have a single egg laid in our barn so I think um, a lot of people don't realize that that our broiler chicks they're only raised for 36 days there's never a single egg laid here and that they're two separate things and I try to share with them that, you know, just like there's um, dairy farms and dairy cattle for milk, and then there's beef farms and beef for meat. So um, I, I try equate it to the cattle industry like that. Um, and then another thing that blows people away is that it only takes 36 days for our chickens to be ready for market when we raise them to a weight of 2.35 kg blows them away that they can um, grow that quickly and that it's just attributed to genetics and and good quality feed. So um, as far as misconceptions, um, yeah, I would say it's just more so those those things I just mentioned are, are just most surprising to people. That's what always blows them away, it seems. Okay, and lastly, so uh, so what are your future plans for your business and for your advocacy work? Well, um, as my as my children get older and start, my youngest will be in full time school soon. So I really hope to um, to continue my advocacy efforts. I hope to continue to offer virtual farm tours. Um, I recently joined the farm and food care board of directors on behalf of the chicken industry. So I've started doing a little bit of work as um, a director on their board. So that's uh, been really interesting. 
Um, so it's just, it's a really fascinating industry, the whole social media and advocacy world. I think there is so much potential um, to do work in that area, but it's just kind of, um, it's not a straight path to figure it out because there's just so much opportunity to, to share what we do. And it's just kind of figuring it out as we go and what fits for every person. And as far as our business, um, yeah, just continue what we're doing in our efforts to provide, um, you know, a quality product that's sustainable and um, focusing on animal care efforts and and on farm food safety. And um, my ten year old son, he all he talks about is being a chicken farmer. So um, yeah, I mean that's that's like like a built-in succession plan almost right there I hope I hope to see our farm um, continue to grow and and um, improve so that uh, my children have the option of farming and taking this on as a profession one day as well if they choose to do so all right well thanks a lot for your time okay thank you Thanks for tuning in to Feather Forum, the podcast by Canadian Poultry Magazine. To catch up on all of our other episodes, visit canadianpoultrymag.com slash podcasts.